Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. These are our positional previews. We're going to do a bunch of these throughout the summer, June, July, to preview the different position groups for UNC football heading into the 2021 season. We're starting off with quarterbacks. Joining me is Greg Barnes and Jason Staples with Inside Carolina. We're going to go right through um, the quarterback depth chart and then bounce around uh, different questions and, and conversations on, um, on that position group. We're going to start off Sam Howe, Jacoby Criswell, Drake May, and Jefferson Boaz. Those are the four scholarship quarterbacks for UNC. Um, obviously, Sam Howe's a starter. Junior season, um, looking to be in the Heisman contention in 2021. You've got a kind of a competition for the backup position with Jacoby and Drake. Drake, the incoming freshman, uh, his true freshman season arrived in January. And, of course, Jefferson Boaz is uh, probably the the fourth-string quarterback, but staying at quarterback confirmed uh, through a source that Jefferson will be a quarterback this season. And uh, I thought he showed some things in the spring game. So uh, with Sam Howell, you know, what can he improve on? What can he get better on? How can he fine-tune his, um, his skills and talents heading into the season? And then what's going on at backup um, for UNC as the competition goes from Jacoby and Drake into the offseason and into preseason training camp? Greg, what's your general take on what Sam can improve on? And we'll get into the backup situation. Well, I really think the main thing for Sam is the fact that he's been sacked 70 times in his UNC career. So about 35 a year. That's too many. And when you look at what Phil Longo wants to do, he really utilizes that vertical passing game. And so with it brings situations where Sam's trying to give those wide receivers on the outside time to get open. Um, he's also got that gunslinger mentality, which, which has been very beneficial for him. And it's one thing I talked to Mac Brown about the spring is how do you balance that? How do you say, okay, you've got to be smarter with the ball. You've got to be able to get rid of the ball. So it doesn't cost us, but you also don't want to neuter that willingness and that desire to make the big play. And so that's one of the things he's having to work on. Um, That's been the focus point for him. And I I think you'll see a lot of improvement there. As we saw last year, um, he's more comfortable now using his feet. That should help. And I think the other thing um, is that he really spent this offseason focused on NFL coverages. Mm-hmm. And that's going to that's gonna help him at the college game as well, being able to understand, you know, watching him in, in three scrimmages this spring, I mean, he was lights out. Um, he knew where he wanted to go with it. Um, I, I was just very impressed with, with everything that I saw out of him. So I do expect him to take an even more of a, a step forward. I know that may be hard for people to believe, but I think he's that kind of talent. For those who don't know, Phil Longo, UNC's offensive coordinator, goes through NFL coverages with Sam Howe. He's been doing that for a while now. They ramped that up uh, during COVID and then during this offseason, literally going through each NFL team, picking out the most difficult and different coverages that he'll see in the NFL and, and working with him on that. In terms of improvement, also know that flexibility has been a big thing, just becoming more flexible, more versatile, more mobile to help him um, – become more of a mobile quarterback and then the fine tuning of just decision making, like Greg said, uh, being able to make the right decisions at the right time. Jason, what do you think are the areas that you think uh, Sam can improve on and he will improve on heading into 2021? Well, I mean, I think Greg basically said most of what I would say in all of this. I mean, the biggest thing really is 
learning to live to see another play in terms of not getting sacked when, you know, you, you see some pressure coming or, or, uh, uh, you know, you know that maybe if you hold on a little bit of an extra beat, you might get a big play, but you're taking a risk of, of giving up a negative play in, in the backfield. I think that is really where the, the best uh, progress can be made and it needs to be made in terms of getting the ball out to your check down, uh, being willing to, to, uh, to do that more, a little bit more frequently. Uh, rather than holding out for some of the big, big stuff downfield. So that's a little bit of a trade-off. I mean, the benefit is that sometimes he does pull off some of those big plays downfield by holding onto it. So you don't want to eliminate that completely, but uh, you, you want him and it's less about coverage for him. It, to me, it, the other big thing is, is recognition of pressure and where the pressure is coming from. So when you see this front and, you know, this coverage is, appears to be what you're getting behind it in the pre-snap and then this changes on you know the immediate post snap then you know you must have pressure coming from here there are times where he's not always recognized the pressure quickly enough that there's gonna be pressure from this spot uh and and a few other times where you know maybe offensive line or a a back or somebody or or, you know someone someone's a little bit slower in the block he needs to feel pressure a little bit quicker sometimes these are things that you know you talk about really nitpicking (laughs) that's nitpicking stuff But I think that's really where he can he can take the biggest leap forward is is uh, is understanding where pressure is going to come from, recognizing it quickly and then making that very, very quick decision of, okay, I got to get this out now, whether that's an incompletion, throw it away or get it to, you know, immediately get it to my underneath check down, you know, these sort of hots that, that you have built in more quickly. That to me is 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 really the space for him to improve the most in. Uh, And, you know, I think he's going to be tested a little bit more in terms of some of the stuff downfield, because last year, you know, you, you did have certain situations where you just knew that he was going to have a guy that was going to win downfield on some of the verticals. Uh, And, you know, with a little bit more unproven overall wide receiver group, he's going to have to make sure that he, uh, he is a bit more, uh, consistent in terms of of knowing where where certain plays are going to be made he's it's going to require more of him than knowing that you know brown is just going to be able to go up and get that uh although you know again bo corrales may become you know one of those guys this year there there are a few guys that could become that uh so that's the other thing is just knowing that he's going to have less uh less of the veteran presence out there that's going to require more of him as well but those, those things are the things for me that that you have to look at how yeah, Ross, to illustrate Jason's point about the pressure and how Sam has made significant strides already, uh, just looking at the pro football focus data, if you go back to 2019, of course, Sam's freshman year, uh, under pressure, he completed 42% of his passes, seven yards per attempt, which is not very good, with eight touchdowns and four interceptions. And if you fast forward to two, you know, 2020 last year, uh, he umped his – Completion percentage to 54%, averaged 11.7 yards per attempt, which is really good, and then had 11 touchdowns and and three interceptions. So while you may not see that big of a jump that he had from freshman to sophomore year, I still think you'll see a a continued improvement because – and you look at what he did when he was blitzed last year. uh, I mean, his numbers were just phenomenal. Uh, 13 touchdowns, one interception. So that's uh, that, that bodes well for his improvement. 
that kills defensive coordinators when they they bring the blitz and then get killed deep. Um, I think there's a couple different um, interesting kind of storylines to follow with Sam. Um, you know, he's going to have all the attention this year. I mean, all the preseason stuff. Trevor Lawrence is gone. It's the Sam Howe show in terms of, like, the guy in the ACC. So, you know, leading up to the season, it's, he's going to win all the awards, all the preseason awards. He's on the Heisman list. I think he's, like, a top three in terms of odds to win the Heisman. So the, the outside focus is going to be more than it's been um, in the last two seasons. You know, first season was a rookie. Uh, not much pressure. Second season, a little bit more pressure, a little more expectations this year. I mean, he is the guy, um, and he's going to have a lot of national eyes on him, a lot of draft Knicks come, uh, coming after him and things like that. So that'll be interesting to see how he handles that. I think he's kind of made for that. I think he can handle the pressure. And then I think leadership's going to be, be a big thing. He's got a little bit younger team. He doesn't have Diami, doesn't have Taz Newsome, doesn't have uh, Michael Carter and Javante Williams. And those are four superstars on offense. So he's going to have to be more of a leader in the room, and I think that's something he's certainly working on and bringing on these younger receivers, bringing on these younger running backs. And I'll be interested to see how his production and the offense production changes this season with, I mean, less talent at both those positions. I think there's enough talent to get things done. I think Ty Chandler is important. I think Josh Downs will have an uh, incredible season, but um, it'll be interesting to see how guys like Bo Corrales, Antoine Green, Joffrey Brown, those wide receivers step in and fulfill the production um, that, that's now in the NFL. Um, Jason, I mean, do you think, what do you think about that, about how younger players are going to be able to step in? Do they have the talent to kind of get what they've done last year, uh, done this year? Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think there's any absence of talent in the, in the wide receiver room at all. I mean, you start looking at this. I mean, I, I thought even last year, the most talented wide receiver on the roster is probably Antoine green. And, you know, he's a guy that's not been able to stay healthy. There's been some toughness questions uh, on, on some of this, but I mean, the talent's not the problem. Uh, same thing with some of the, or similar things with some of the other guys. I mean, you look at Josh downs at this point, I think yeah. it's hard to argue that he's not the most talented guy in the room, uh, you know, based on what we saw last year and in the spring, at the at the slot at the slot position and he's a good bit more talented than than uh than what you had at that spot last year and and they were really good at that spot last year but he's also in his he's going to be in his first year of real experience so the problem is is not talent you've got downs green corrales choffrey brown i mean he's the fastest guy on the roster you could see the talent last year when he was on the field i mean it's there mm -hmm. the problem is the combination of, you know, some of the question marks that, that have, that have kept some of those guys off the field a little bit more, like I said, with, uh, with green, with some of the toughness and also some of the, um, the injury issues, and then just a lack of experience and consistency that, that comes with experience. Because when you, when you have more experience, you become more consistent over time, or you end up working your way off the field. Right now, you got a bunch of guys who, they're going to have to figure out how to gel. They're going to have to get on the same page and know that, you know, this guy is going to be at this spot and know that, you know, when, when you see this coverage change, then the grass is going to be here and you've got to be in that spot. Those are the little things. And in Longo's offense, he's putting a lot on the wide receivers to be able to get to grass, to get to open, open field so that the quarterback can hit them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of little adjustments that have to be made. That's one of the things I found kind of funny about, the pre-draft analyses of Diami Brown last year as well. You know, he didn't run very much in the way of, of 
you know, of routes in that offense. He only ran, you know, three or four routes. Well, that's true. But the routes that he ran in Longo's offense also required him to make a lot of little micro adjustments as he, as he was running these routes and to, you know, do a lot of reading on the fly. And that's NFL level stuff. That's, there's a lot of requirements that are done, especially in the slot in, in Longo's offense for how different things are run against different coverages. So those are things that these guys are going to have to prove that they can do that. These yeah. guys are going to have to prove that they can be consistent with that and make sure that they're on the same page with Sam on that. And that's where, again, Sam, that's going to put more on Sam to make sure that he he's taken those guys aside in practice or wherever and making sure that they know exactly like, here's where I expect you to be. I will put it there if you're there uh, and you have to be there. Cause I'm going to be letting it fly before you're there. Uh, you have to get to where Howell has their trust to the point where he can release it before they're open and they're not there yet. It's just going to take a little bit of time, but again, the, the talent is not the issue. I mean, you go down the list and there's, there's guys that can play for sure and have the ability. It's will they be <laughs> able to, to get there? Greg, uh, Heisman, you know, Heisman season, you've never, I don't, have you ever covered a, a guy that's just going to be this favored to, to, to be in the running and, and like, what are you kind of expecting? I'm kind of excited to kind of see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, I would say Jason knows a little bit about that with, with Jameis. Um, no, I mean, you know, in 2016 Trubisky, I guess three or four games in darted up the boards. And so we had a, maybe a month there where he was yeah. a legitimate Heisman candidate. But that's really it. Nothing. You know, he, he wasn't like that going into the season. So that's going to be very interesting. And it's, uh, it's all about winning, right? It's all about they have to keep winning. Yeah. And I actually, this morning, a new list came out. Um, and I actually sent it to Jason, um, if I can find it. But it had five quarterbacks as the, the favorites to win the Heisman. Sam Howell was not on it. Uh, but you're looking at guys like Bryce Young, uh, Spencer Rattler, Guys that play for teams like Bama and Ohio State and Oklahoma, Georgia, JT Daniels, uh, yeah, DJ, uh, Uyangle, guys that are playing for teams that are expected to make the college football playoff. And I think that's the connection that's very important. So for Sam to have a legitimate chance at winning that, Carolina's going to have to be really, really good and, and not only meet expectations, surpass expectations. Yeah, and, and win the big games and, and keep a pretty clean record. I think up until they got Miami and they have Notre Dame are going to be the two games and get a lot of national attention. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about backup quarterbacks briefly and get out get out of here. First, I'll talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com, your one-stop shop for everything UNC-related and UNC apparel right on Franklin Street. And, of course, online at johnnytshirt.com for inside Carolina premium subscribers Use the 10% off discount code to get 10% off all your order. You got Father's Day coming up. You got um, all the birthdays and holidays in the summer. Uh, get all your gear for the football season, for tailgating, for home tailgating, all that good stuff. Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Local, alumni owned. And we want to, of course, support them. Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Mm. All right, guys, uh, back up quarterbacks. Uh, before we get out of here on the quarterback position preview, uh, we got Jacoby Criswell entering his second year. You know, his first spring was was last April, so he was only one spring in, um, but a full season. And then Drake May, the kind of uh, 24-7 sports five-star guy, the stud at Myers Park High School in Charlotte. Uh, they were competing this spring, and that will continue to rage into uh, preseason camp. 
Greg, you saw both them uh, a lot this spring. We got a chance to watch them, I think, three or four times um, in Keene Stadium. What was your general takeaway about each guy? And um, we'll go briefly into kind of the dynamics of a backup quarterback competition. Well, I think the key thing for people to understand is that, that Drake May is a basically a high school senior at this point in time. And, and the way that Phil Longo wanted to handle him this spring is say, look, there's time for competition to come. We'll do that in training camp. For now, you just have to learn the offense. And I think that's kind of a key component of, of what he brings in terms of uh, we don't know yet just because he's, he's kind of working through the steps. Um, a lot of potential. He's got a big arm for sure. I think he surprised a lot of people with how mobile he was. Yeah. He looked really good in all three scrimmages uh, running the ball. Um, and I think Jacoby Criswell, while we didn't see it in the spring game, the first two scrimmages that we were able to watch, he stood out to me as clearly the number two guy. Um, and just kind of knew what he was supposed to be doing, which is to be expected. He's, he's been around a little bit longer than Drake. Um, but very solid. Good with his feet. Has a pretty good pretty good arm. Um, I think North Carolina's in, in good shape with both of these guys. But I do think Chriswell right now is probably the, the leading candidate for that backup spot, which is what you would expect. Um, and we'll have to see how quickly Drake can come on to make that a true competition, not the backup. Yeah, what I've heard about Drake is they were – the staff was, was pretty impressed with how mobile he was at his size um, and very athletic family. So nothing, nothing too surprising there. And, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Criswell has a lead and will likely be the backup. Uh, what's even more interesting is what happens next spring – 2022 when that competition opens up to be the starter uh jason uh backup quarterback competitions what's the dynamic there what do you think is going on in their in their heads leading in the, into the fall and uh, the mentality those two guys take knowing they're not the guy this year knowing they might get some reps um in mop-up duty uh and they kind of looking ahead to, to next year honestly yeah i mean i think the biggest thing is they're they're just trying to put themselves in the best possible position to uh be there when Sam is not. I mean, that's what you're, you're, you're trying to do. And the, the first thing is that you know, the coaching staff is going to repeat this to them all the time is that you're one snap away. So you better be ready no matter what, because you just never know. Uh, and, and that's where Criswell in particular, he's going to know that he needs to be preparing as though he's a starter, even though he knows he's not. Uh, and he needs to, and he knows now having seen what May's capable of that he needs to, really show that he's capable of running the show in order to hold may off in the future. So, and may on the, on the other hand is basically coming in, like Greg said, he's basically a high school senior and he's just trying to, to show that he can play at this level. That's what you're trying to do. I, I can, I can develop here and I can, I can play. I want to, I want to prove myself. That's, that's how they're going to be thinking. And, you know, I just don't expect a whole lot from the backup quarterback position this year. You know, as long as Howell stays healthy, you know, that's going to be um, that's that's going to be the position. And, and those guys are basically if they come in the uh, in the game, they're going to be handing it off a bunch. But they need to show a lot of development in practice and they need to be ready to, to go next year. Uh, and, you know, there's little things that they'll be cleaning up. I know that with May, he's going to have to clean up a lot of the footwork stuff and make sure that he's more consistent with how he's delivering the ball. Uh, a lot of things are impressive, but just little fundamental stuff is going to have to come along. They're, they're going to be, they're going to be fine though. And I think uh, again, they're the key is to make sure that they're motivated knowing who they're behind and that they can learn from him in the film room and, and, and on the field uh, each day at practice. And, and from there, you know, you just kind of, prepare for the handoff after after the year 
Awesome. Good stuff. Anything else from y'all? Uh, we'll get out of here on quarterbacks. Good to go. All right, guys. Appreciate y'all listening. This is the first of many position previews in June, July. We'll hit up uh, running backs, wide receivers, and offensive line uh, before moving on to the defense in July. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.